gentlemen, the great buccaneering hedge fund titan Bill Ackman once said, what defines your success is how you learn from failure. Well, we'd like to think on this show that we are learning from our great failure of recent memory when we shorted the S&P at 2,700. But that, my friends, has been consigned to the dustbin of history. Now, we say again, it is time to short this irrational rally. Will we, will we be right in the end? Only the gods can say I have zero confidence, but man, does it feel good to just try again. Enjoy. watching hard knocks do you watch that show yeah yeah been watching first first two i haven't seen the, the last one right and have a episode three yet yeah uh, i missed that i haven't seen that one yet but i find it i find it fascinating this season more than the others because of the covid dynamic oh yeah yeah but man mcveigh i'd rather have mcveigh as a coach than, than anthony lynn i was like yo can we swap <laughs> <laughs> anthony lynn great guy though yeah great guy definitely great guy but yeah, yeah i don't know I don't think I've I've witnessed him talk about football once in the entire show, which is troubling. Exactly. But the players really love him. Yeah. Yes, but oh well, you know. How are the how is how are the how are the Eagles looking this year? What your prognosis? I don't know, man. I if D if Djax is anything like his former self and doesn't get injured, I think they'll be really dangerous. And obviously, Carson could bust his knee at any time. Um, and we'll do. We'll so do. I, some- I would bet you. I would bet you at this very moment, like a thousand dollars, that Carson does not play more than thirteen games. I don't think you're wrong. I really <laughs> don't. However, I do. I trust in Dougie P as a coordinator, and I think he'll come up with some pretty sweet packages mm-hmm. with Jalen Hurts. I don't know if Jalen Hurts can be the guy, as we say, but I don't know. It, with the Eagles, it's like they'll either be eight and eight or they'll be thirteen and three, and there will be no in between. Bovada has them a hard second on in the NFC East, behind the like, Cowboys. Robert, yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. Oh, we know we know that predictions is as permanent as the summer wind. Cowboys always choke. Yeah, in the playoffs. <laughs> well, I guess you have a new coach, so you don't have you don't have the clapper. But uh, I don't think there's an NFC East team that's won it twice in a row. Uh, uh, oh, since, that's true. That's true. Since, uh, the Reed era. Yeah. 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 I just I'm glad the NFL's back. Yeah. By the way, how cool, James, how cool, well, this will be the last football t- thing, but how cool is Justin Herbert 
Just like a cool looking dude. Thank you God. Talk. <laughs> what a spiral. <laughs> it throws a nice ball, but yeah, I don't know. He doesn't say anything. <laughs> it's not looking good. I'd rather have Jalen Hurts. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. But yeah, he's he's definitely like the cool cat. All right, so so we're all in, right? All three of us. And by all in, I mean all out. We are all short. James, you went short beginning of the week. I put in my SPXS today. Bobby, what did you do? Did you did you go in? TZA calls. TZA calls. James, your TZA calls too, yeah. Uh, SPY puts. SPY puts. So, uh, so Robert, you were you were depressed this week. You're disappointed. What what pushed you over the edge? Uh, in what context? There's always there's always a number of things. Well, we let me say this: we telegraphed it maybe last week that we were considering it. I would say, Jer Bear gave up on shall we say one of the core mandates of the fed, at least as it's historically under understood, which is managing inflation. Was that the thing that put you over the edge? Just like F this noise, I'm going short. Um, yeah. Yeah. Honestly, uh, Jerry's, um, Jerry's speech did not, did not instill a lot of confidence in me. And I know there's, there's this understanding that, you know, low rates are good for, the market, but that's only true to an extent. So at some point, <clears throat> this does all have to uh, turn around. And frankly, you know, for me, from a trading standpoint, there's always got to be a value proposition. Doesn't matter if I'm going long or short. It's like, what am I, what am I betting? What am I expecting back? And what are the chances that that hits? I'm not seeing a lot of, a lot of value going long. So it just, it's either go short or sit this out because there's not a lot that I'm seeing that's really uh, inspiring me to do a whole lot. Yeah, it's like if we were already, if the market was already having a cocaine party, Jerry did the equivalent of bursting through the door and saying, yo guys, I just, I just bought a bunch of fentanyl. Should we start doing that? What do you think, James? No, that, that's, that's exactly right. <laughs> that's exactly what he did. Because, I mean, up until now, the, the Fed's always said, and kind of hovered around the, the 2% inflation target. And the Jackson Hole statement was just like, fuck it. Let's just see what happens if we go past it. Not that we ever really got close to it. Not that we ever got past it for extended period of time anyways. But he just said, it don't really matter. So... So, yeah, so I think that's a very super dovish statement and gave markets a lot of confidence that the Fed is always there to, to kind of help, help them out. And they're always there with the fentanyl, the cocaine or whatever, whatever, whatever we need, whatever the junkies need. He's well, there's, there's one thing that sort of gets lost in all of this, right, is that because we know that they have that mandate, whenever, whenever inflation begins to, to creep up a little bit, the idea that there has to be Fed intervention prevents um, prevents inflation from ever actually reaching its goal, right? Right. 
So by saying that it's no longer going to matter, mind you, this isn't going to happen in the next three to four weeks, which is what my play is, but that does uh, create a scenario where long-term interest rates do shoot up just because inflation can run rampant, just because the Fed isn't going to explicitly put a cap on that. Right. I mean, putting this into context, I would say, uh, well, at least as it relates to me, I know, Robert, you're your strategy, your portfolio strategy is a little more radical or trade driven, not like buy and hold driven. For me, it's just a, it's a taster that I took out on SPXS. I'm still holding all the emerging market ETFs that I bought, obviously plug, obviously edit, obviously ArcG, and I'm just going to buy and hold them motherfuckers. But let me play devil's advocate for a moment. So we, ha- we were having a cocaine party. Now we're introducing new designer drugs into the mix. I mean, I agree with you, Robert, that this is a three to four week thing. It's not going to happen. We're not going to wake up on Monday and there will be a big correction, I don't think. Um, what, what is to prevent this rally that is inexhaustible to just keep going, given that the Fed is basically saying all we're doing is inflating asset prices, goddamn the rest of the mandate? equally as possible well one of the things that's that's masked by the s&p and the dow being at all-time highs is that a good chunk of the market is underperforming about two-thirds of the dow is negative for the year so there's a handful of stocks that are leading this higher namely apple amazon you know the ones sure so at some point at some point that will stop being the case and in the case of the dow once Apple starts trading on its split adjusted basis, it won't have the weighting to single-handedly carry the Dow higher. Uh, that's an interesting point, which is, that's a technical argument for the correction. Um, I, would, I would say to what you just said, though, is all, all that's happened is in aggregate, the market is overbought, but the irrationality has just been reallocated from the Dow to tech. Ultimately. Yeah. But James, what do you say to, yeah, sure. Like we've said this in the past, all signs point to the fact that this is a goddamn bubble, you know, price to earnings ratios are where they are, where they were in 1999 for inflating asset prices. But I mean, if he if he's going with the fentanyl approach, isn't there a chance that this just keeps going up over the next several months? Well, anyway, I think I think what James was trying to say before he was sucked out of the atmosphere is his roll-off theory, which is a good one, meaning if part of what happened in February of this year is people sold off because they were harvesting their capital gains and subsequently after that sell-off there was a a rally where people bought back in yeah 2q of next year is when you could potentially see another sell-off and a correction as people try to harvest again compelling compelling structural argument yeah i i I don't disagree one bit Uh, it's just I keep harping on the fact that for me, this isn't, this isn't speaking to 
a structural change in the market. Like I'm just, I'm just doing this as a trade, right? Yeah. So something between now and three weeks from now will cause at least a short-term blip. Um, and and that, that's really that's really all I'm doing is I'm just waiting for some value to be created so I can go along again. And to be clear, I'm not strictly going short. I do have I do have a couple of long positions. They're just um, small-ish. Yeah. We are merely introducing a short play into multiple plays, as a person does in a portfolio of interests. Of course. Of course. Of course, naturally. Well, um, hopefully it works out for us. It's hard to imagine, as there was in the past, a... Well, you know, as they say, in February and March, it was a black swan event that ended the historic rally. And then a cocaine injection injection that led to the most recent rally. Hard to imagine exactly what would occur that would make a correction happen in the short term. Um, Suddenly, it would have to be the leech of more data suggesting that inflation is a problem and the Fed lost its mind. Maybe something like that. Well, th- th- there's already been signs of uh, inflation, but in any case, I-, I realized this was largely undone today. But part of what prompted me to go long yesterday was the VIX. You mean short. Sorry, to go short today was the VIX uh, basically spiking on on Thursday. Now you did see a a, a very steady downward trend today, mm-hmm. but. Again, it, the decision to go short was based on what I saw yesterday, which was the, the VIX spiking. And uh, I don't know, maybe maybe I'll be wrong about this, but I still feel like it's the right play, you know? It feels right. So in other news, a couple other things. One, now Walmart is rumored to be in the market for TikTok. Okay. Um, are we at the point now where like, if you're a company and you just say, hey, uh, I'm gonna buy TikTok, you're just, you're just, you're searching for someone to give you a bump in market cap. I mean, Walmart buying TikToks makes, makes not a goddamn bit of sense. At, at this point, it might as well be Delta Airlines that's buying TikTok. Yeah, well, to be honest with you, I. I don't know that anyone buying TikTok makes a lot of sense because True. you're you're buying you're buying the US component of TikTok meaning your expansion uh, opportunity is hard capped. Mm-hmm. Think of something like a Twitter that already has a ton of ads all over the place, right? They're they're a global company as far as I know. Um and still, their user base is is tiny. Like, if you're putting a hard cap on you're buying the U.S. assets and a handful of others, the idea that it's worth, what is it, $30 billion, I don't know how it makes sense for anyone, but Walmart certainly comes out of left field. Well, and, you know, ultimately, this was our take, I think, which is... I still don't think when it's all said and done that 
there will actually be a forcing function and TikTok will be legally obliged to unload its US operations. I think it's an idle threat. In which case, if we think that, then certainly the boards and the CEOs of these massive companies, I'd like to think they're smarter than we are. They know that too. So again, this is just a, a way of pump and dump on your own stock, which more power to you. If all you have to do is call someone at the Wall Street Journal and say, eh, we're thinking about it. You and I would do the same thing. Like, yeah, but the, the, the news that their CEO stepped down suggest that something might actually be happening. Um, the truth is the, the whole TikTok story has been fascinating all week from the CEO leaving to them telling their engineers, hey, prepare for a shutdown. Like, Well, to my mind, the CEO leaving could, as much as anything, just be the consequence of since the time he's been there, it's been kind of a shit show. I mean, this, obviously, the icing on the cake or or the provenance of the shit show and the uncertainty around it. It's just like, you know what? Maybe, maybe it'll be so to a U.S. company. I don't know, but this isn't the vision I was sold when they brought me on because at that point, none of this was, you know, in prospect. Speaks volumes to him as the CEO, though. He quits over some shit like that. Well, also, you know, there's the whole element of, Maybe he had it, you know, there's the shadow, the shadow government of the company in China, and maybe they were trying to control him. And, uh, you know, he wanted more control and autonomy. He's like, F this, I can go work at wherever. I can go back to Disney. Bobby will take me back. <laughs> Bobby, well, I. The, the interesting thing is, I think one of the, one of the groups vying for, TikTok as a partner was the owners of ByteDance. So the idea was that they would step aside from ByteDance and then partake in running um, running TikTok, which I don't think solves any of the security threats that the Donald is raising. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I, I wouldn't know what to make of it. it, it like for me, it, it's up there with the the Fortnite situation as far as fascinating uh, arguments with you know billionaires fighting over nothing. No, naturally, uh, peeing on each other. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. final final thing, I know I asked you about this yesterday. So, in financial, the. Chinese mobile payments behemoth is set to IPO soon. Uh, listing in China, I think, on in Hong Kong and Shanghai simultaneously, as they do. Um, number one, don't know how to get exposure to it, but feels like something I should try to get exposure to. Reason being, if I can, you brought up a good point. The mobile payments market in China, keep me honest here, is essentially a duopoly between Ant Financial and Tencent for the most part. So yeah. Yeah. if you have Tencent or you're like me and you have a Chinese or you and you have a Chinese ETF that has Tencent in its ribbons, good job. 
hopefully they just ingest and financial. That would be dope. But the larger point here, I think, is if you're talking about we t- we connecting this to a prior episode, if this is the end of American dominance as the reserve currency of the world, because the Fed is just putting it all in stock market inflation and you know, we'll over time lose our position and our standing as the financial reserve currency. Uh, one thing that would replace it that we talked about crypto is an option, uh, but also like basically, you know, divorcing transactional payments in the mobile sphere from the old school, like reserve currency world. It does just feel like Chinese tech is in a position where any sort of decentralized currency or mobile payment solution and facilitating things like that across borders or not, or just exporting the tech and, you know, the necessary requirements that would go with it feels like something the Chinese are just going to dominate on. Like Venmo is nice and Square is good and having a run, but I just feel like this is an area, an emerging area that the Chinese are going to run train on and eventually kind of globally dominate. So that, well, that's what I'm thinking. What are your thoughts? Well, I, I see this playing out like another another Cold War. And I, I, I don't know if I sent this to you guys or if you guys saw it, but there was an article a couple of weeks ago about how China and Russia are basically forming this financial alliance where their, their trade is no longer denominated in U.S. dollars. Um. Yeah. So you can definitely see that being the case where, uh, not mind you, this is just me speculating based off of nothing, but something like a Visa or a MasterCard, right? But like a Visa or a MasterCard is also kicked out of out of China. You just have this this alliance between the Western uh, powers still operating under the dollar, and then you have Russia, China, and whoever else operating in whatever currency likely the the yuan correct Um, but you can already see that happening with at least these two countries which hate us um exercising their trade in in their own currencies yeah so it could could be a bipolar currency world is kind of what you're saying it's not as far-fetched as we would have thought all of two to three years ago that's right or, I mean, hell, we something we couldn't conceive of, which we talked about is, you know, maybe there's a, it's decentralized, it's it's crypto, who knows? I mean, it doesn't seem like the Chinese would go for something like that or, you know, an establishment like that. But still, what's interesting just about the Chinese market and how the economy is developed is, in the United States, it was a developed country, you know, call it, let's say, 100 years ago for simplifying purposes. Because the internet didn't exist over the period of time, you had to develop the Visa and the MasterCard kind of infrastructure. China completely bypassed that because they've only developed in the last 20 years. So like them being a modern economy has coincided with the invention of smartphones. So mobile payments, they're just going to run train on. It's kind of like this accident of technology and development cycles. And uh, I think it's going to be good. I think financial is going to be a monster, a monster ant. I'm back. So I, I think also think about the data collection that they have, all the transactions and the payments. And oh yeah, yeah. So, How long have you been on? 
uh, just for the last 10 minutes or so. You merged from the wilderness. Amazing. Nice. I think I think I heard, by the way, I heard the fragments of what you said, James, which is the roll-off theory suggests second quarter correction next year. Yeah. Similar to, which I like. It's a good yep. one. The roll-off theory is strong. It, it worked this year. I can see it working again next year. Yeah. Yeah, I say, I say for, for 2020, at least, I think the, the max is like the, the early June sell-off. So something like that might happen, which yeah. is like, you know, 5%, but nothing big will happen until probably next year. Well, from uh, for the purposes of owning call options and TZA, five percent would be good enough for me. Hell yeah! Triple leverage makes it fifteen percent. Suck it. Options make that a lot more too. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But uh, yeah, James, are you going to get in on Ant? YQ and I are all in on Ant. Oh yeah, yeah. I think I'll probably wait a couple months, but yeah, definitely. You know, wait for the initial pop to cool mm-hmm. off, as as we say, obviously. Yeah, yeah for, for any IPO, usually. So you you could just go in on like KWeb, which K-Web, their top, is that their top, shares, yeah. Yeah, their top holdings are Tencent and Baba. So uh, you have a, a a couple other really good ones, JD.com, Baidu. So I can definitely see that being added as as a core holding in K-Web. Yeah. I'm just trying to see. MCHI, I forget. I think it's it's not that different than K-Web. But I assume those motherfuckers will ingest and financial. Yeah. All right. Good talk, y'all. James, I'm sorry we lost you. Oh, my bad. It was, it was connection. No, it's okay. We, we will, we, I think we represented you in a strong and wholesome way. Right on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. For, you guys uh, for our now, by the way, 40 listeners, cause our trajectory is up and to the right. Uh, I will be out next week. So no ep cause I'm the only one who can edit this thing. One day I will teach you too. But uh, we'll be back in two weeks, hopefully, after Labor Day. It's Labor Day anyway. Who wants to work? Yeah, that's how it usually goes. All right, y'all. See you in two weeks. See you guys. Later. Later.